Jeremy. Neil. Do you like food? No. You know I don't like food. Tell the truth. Yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big food advocate. I like food too. Um, I like it for a lot of reasons. Keeps you from dying. It's, uh, it's yummy. Uh, and if you're, if you're really hungry, there's nothing like eating. All true. Yep. So let's do, uh, let's do kind of a foodie episode. I can deal with that. Well, see, I, I think, um, you know, there's, there's two, ty- there's two kinds of people, um, specifically to food. It's people that live to eat and people that eat to live. And I'm much more the former. Yeah. I definitely live to eat. I think there's three kinds of people, people that can do math and people that can't (laughs) hit the music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying I'll kill a snitch, but (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to predict that that's going to be a, a smashing success. Yeah, it will go over well. They can make you wear pants. Welcome to Talk About Town. It's a podcast about real estate and some other stuff. And now, here's your hosts, Neil and Jeremy. All right. So, um, how's it going? Still hanging in there. You know, it's all I can do. It's all we can do. I hear you. Um, real estate market. I don't want to touch too much on it because this this is the food episode. But I feel like we owe it to to people to at least kind of address what's going on. Um, it is definitely still wild out there. Um, the graphs are inverted, as uh, you know. You usually have you know your days on the market go. Um, go in an inverse as far as uh, hot and cold uh weather wise your uh your your absorption rate which is how long stuff is on the market is down from this time last year 41 percent um year to date uh 21 percent from last year so so what I know what an absorption rate is. Obviously, what exactly does that number tell us? The twenty tells us if no one put a house for sale, it all be sold in that many months. So, um, July of nineteen, it was two point eight nine, nearly three months. Right now, uh, July of twenty, one point seven. Wow. So, so that means if no other homes were listed and I know we've talked about absorption rate many times, but as no other homes were listed between now and forever, they'd all be gone in 1.7 months. Yep. So less than two months. So, um, again, six, just, seven uh, weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a, that's crazy really. I mean, to anytime you have fewer than six months of inventory, we say that's a seller's market, um, or, buyer yeah seller's market and then um buyer's market was over six months of inventory um and so 1.7 months obviously it sounds like a really really strong seller's market which it is um but again we've talked about this several times the the interest rates are, are at historic lows 
So um, it's still a great time to buy. And yeah, this, here's this is a disclaimer that I didn't actually see this. This is hearsay because it's told to me from another agent. They had someone get a 30-year loan, I believe, for 2.1% in this past week. That really is insane. I mean, I could expect that maybe for 15, but for 30. 30. I'd like to know where they got it. Yeah, um, really. And if they had, maybe they had a credit score of 9,000. So maybe. that helps. Maybe. But um, yeah, it, it's, it really is. I mean, you know, it hasn't changed much um, since our last episode in terms of just overall numbers, um, the, the number of homes on the market, the number, but um, that absorption rate number is, that's as low as I think I've ever heard in, yeah. um, you know, doing this. Yeah, when, when I looked before we hopped on here, um, the number just, you know, when you start a search and it starts with everything was 1809 and it's dipped into the 1700s the past week or two here or there, but that it's extremely low. Uh, I listed a house on Friday and I said, you know, I think we'll do okay if we need to make a couple improvements that I thought might help, <clears throat> then we'll, we'll address that when it comes. And I, it, and I sold it in a day over asking price and it's just not, it, that just keeps happening. And, and you can't guarantee that in certain price ranges, this was a lower price range. Certain price ranges are, are more like that than others, but it's insane. It really is. And it's, it's stressful for us as agents. It's stressful for buyers and sellers. Um, but you know, we got to make the most of what the market is. And um, you would always tell people is there, are, you know, people are thinking um, one way or the other about whether they're going to do it. I say, you know, people are buying and selling all the time, every month. So even in this pandemic, people are buying and selling real estate. Um, so you really just have to decide, okay, I'm ready to do it. And, and if you're, as I've said before, if you're feeling good, if you're in a good position, <laughs> you know, your job is stable um, then there's no reason not to do it, you That's know, right. and, and we have protocols right now in place. Um, you know, we're following CDC guidelines, uh, you know, for, for showings in person. And there's so many ways to view properties, uh, virtually now too. So, you know, it's easy to, I think it's pretty easy to single out the ones you really want to see and need to see in person. I never encourage making offers sight unseen it does happen. Um, but again, if you're if you're serious about looking for real or looking for a new home, um, there's there's really no reason not to buy now, not to not to look to do it now. So anyway, um, and if you are buying a new home, you're probably going to need to have insurance, aren't you? That is true. Good segue, Neil. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, so let's reach out to our favorite insurance agent. Chad Hennessy. Hello, I'm Chad Hennessy with InsureMax. If you're exploring options for your insurance coverage, let me and my staff help with taking the burden off your shoulders. We at InsureMax are a locally owned independent insurance agency providing options and flexibility. This allows us to design coverage for your auto, home, business, and life insurance specifically for your needs. Please contact me, Chad Hennessy, at 502 479 4085 or email me at chad h at insuramax.com looks forward to removing the stress of insurance shopping for you
Chad is, has been my personal agent literally since 2002. We're putting something together right now as we speak. So um, reach out to Chad and he's, he's awesome. I think he, uh, he just, just saw recently, I think he's celebrating 21 years in business or 23 years. He started when he was eight. So he's been doing it for a while. He's, yes, absolutely. Yeah, he knows he, what he's doing. He was licensed out of the womb and then <laughs> got right into real estate or got it right into insurance. And um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's never missed a beat. So I, right. and a, a really genuinely nice guy. I like that guy. So what are we going to talk about next? Well, is that enough um, on the numbers you think? I do think so. Um, I do think it's listeners. Is that enough on the numbers? Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Um, I read an article um, posted by Zillow. I know Zillow is kind of uh, realtors have a love hate relationship with Zillow, but they posted a really interesting article about kind of what they're calling the reshuffling right now. And the reshuffling is people are moving for different reasons than they were before is kind of how I sum it up. Um, it might be for location now, but the home office is in vogue right now. Um, right, right. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, people are working from home and major corporations are getting away from their massive buildings. And I think what they're really investing in is their people. So if you have good employees that can produce at a high level and do so remotely, well, they want to make sure that they incentivize those employees and keep them paid and on staff. And um, so in, I don't know, I guess in correlation with that, there's a trend, I guess is what this article is mentioning. There's a trend in people moving to have more space at home, more usable mm-hmm. space. Um, and private, their, private areas. Like yeah, so I can they, go to work at home. Right. So they, they want to have this feeling of seclusion in their own home, you know, so like they're secluded in their home and then they're secluded in their home office. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I think it's interesting. It really is. I, I really don't care what their reasoning is as long as they use us, but you know, that's right. You ever see the video where um, it's, it, it floats around every now and then. And it's like some guy that's an expert on a news show or something. And like his two little kids bust in the room and the mom comes in and grabs them and stuff. Yes. Yes. I have seen that. That is in, uh, in fact, now this is, this is an audio format. Um, your daughter. Is? Yes. Your daughter. I've seen her bust into, to, uh, your space here uh, just a little bit ago. Yeah, we'll see. You can see her. Unfortunately, nobody else can. She is pretty darn cute, but she, she's uh, cute. She's a distraction, though, because I see her and I'm like, <laughs> trying to, like, what are you doing, lady? But um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's just the way you know it's it's the way of the world right now. I mean, I, I you know the working from home. Uh, I, I don't think that I, maybe it's been accelerated with uh it's definitely been accelerated with the pandemic but i think it's i think it's a it's a trend that's what the article kind of says too it's not going away uh i I think that there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to rethink their hiring process Mm -hmm. and their meeting process uh just things in general that you know just their whole operation and ultimately what matters as a business is whether you know like success you know being profitable you know having reliable employees 
and I think that there's, yeah, I mean, just the, the need for a massive building and in space, you know, in office meetings and all that stuff. I, I just, you know, I think the pandemic has proven in a lot of ways it's unnecessary for a lot of different businesses. Yeah. And I hope for people in general that the meeting that could have been an email will, will decrease. Right. You ever, yeah. you ever have those? Well, I think that there's, I don't know. I think we talked about this uh, with one of our friends, but you know, there, there's a, there's like a power thing, you know, like, like I can bring you here. I can make you come to this meeting. I can, uh, and, and I, you know, especially, especially with millennials, you know, that, that whole, um, I don't know, old school kind of mentality, you know, like the, I always equate it to like the old school football coach. It's like, no, you can't have water boy. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta earn it. Um, you know, what are you? Weak, weak. <laughs> you need water <laughs> but but uh you know so it's but i think that mentality that kind of you know especially like in sales and customer service jobs or even i mean tech jobs i mean you don't need to be berated you don't need to be uh yelled at to be and i think the vast majority of people don't respond well to that and again especially um the millennial generation they're they're just they didn't grow up with it it's not what they expect so it, i think if you can find a way to positively reinforce your comp your employees incentivize them with positive stuff then yeah i mean i think that that's that's the way that you're going to have sustained success and it shouldn't uh i don't know it shouldn't take a are pandemic you, for people to realize that but are you a millennial i'm on the cusp I'm, I'm, you I'm, are on I'm, the cusp, I'm 1981 so i think technically i am but i i don't really i don't really identify as a millennial hmm i think i think it's what is it uh 81 till now or 81 to 80 no not 81 till now but yeah i don't know uh because i'm firmly a, a gen xer and i think a lot of it has to do with your relationship to the internet yeah I, and i feel like even my my cousins that are a few years younger than me they were much more tech savvy than me they they just they had a different technical or, you know, tech relationship than I did. And I've, I've never been one, I've told you this before, I've never been one to embrace technology. I accept it and I feel like I'm decent at it. Like I can figure things out, but uh, I don't have a real desire to have the latest and greatest everything. You know, I don't have to get the new iPhone every time it comes out. I don't, I, I'm not, and I think, you know, you're much more fascinated with technology and much more, technologically savvy but you you're a little bit older than me we won't we won't reveal how old neil is but uh gosh i'm old he's yeah he's pretty old but but um but you know i think that's i think it's more my personality even than it was the year i was born but but, but you know, i was i was resistant to it at first you know uh i remember telling my dad you know this was probably 1999 or 2000 like oh where people are getting too reliant on the internet man you know it's and it's, I'm, I'm just, I'm increasingly fascinated by how it can be used. Right. And I think there's kind of an infinite possibility of possibilities, <laughs> but, uh, but our kids, you know, like your oldest is 15 mm -hmm. and, um, and then my oldest is 11 and there's, you know, they've never not had it and they just, 
they have no fear and they can just do it. You know, like mm-hmm. my, my six-year-old, you know, can get herself on the whatever device and, you know, <laughs> log on and, you know, she knows, she knows Mary's passcode <laughs> on her, on her iPhone. Um, so anyway, it's, it's just, I don't know, but I mean, there's two-year-olds that are navigating their iPads. It's, right. it's really, um, it's crazy, but that's, that's the world we live in. Yep. I feel like we, well, I feel, feel like we kind of pivoted a little bit. Yeah. With, that's uh, the original right, topic that happens. That's a, that, yeah, that happens. I, I'm, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, well, why don't we talk about food? Survey we says te- we teased food at the beginning. Oh yes. Yes. This is the food episode. This isn't the techno- technology episode. That's right. Uh, well, as we've discussed, um, you know, it's a tough time for restaurants right now. It is. Uh, we have a guest though. Oh, we do. Yeah. Should we introduce him? Yes. We are having on this program. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So with us today, good friend and restaurateur, local restaurateur of the Fat Lamb and Portage House, Chef Dallas McGarity. Well, now we want to welcome on to our program, our friend, Chef Dallas McGarity of the Fat Lamb and also Portage House across the river in Jeffersonville. Uh, Dallas, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. All things good. considered, I like to say. <laughs> How about you? You know, it's it's going. It's going. We're, we're doing all right. Doing our thing. So. Yeah. It's uh, obviously, you know, restaurants, I think of all the industries, the service industries have been hit the hardest through this pandemic. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and if you're set up, if you're already set up for, you know, carry out, like if that was a primary source of your business, um, you know, then you may not be all that affected, but obviously fat lamb portage house, that wasn't really your all's MO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we were a little more on the fine dining side of things. And, um, you know, when, when everything happened, we just kind of, pivoted and shut our stuff down and re revamped everything we you know changed it all to to be curbside friendly and you know to go food um lots of cheeseburgers get sold you know which we do have a good cheeseburger so got a really good cheeseburger and it's burger week which we're going to talk about later but uh yeah yeah that's um nice Anyway. Uh, I made I made a critical error uh, a couple hours ago. I was kind of getting prepared for this, so I tried to do some intel on Dallas. Hopped on his Facebook page, was scrolling through there, and uh, I hadn't had dinner yet. And he he posts the stuff from from his restaurants, and it looked amazing. I started drooling. Dallas is a good cook. We're lucky to have him. Yeah, it's it's good to share. You know, well. Um, talk a little bit about that pivoting process. Like, I mean, you just kind of had to pivot on a dime, right? I mean, it was, well, it was, yeah, abrupt. it was nuts. You know, and in, in, in the very, very beginning, you know, we, we, all of us, none of us in the restaurant business knew what to even think about what was going to happen. We had no idea, you know, how, how it's it going to be two weeks. It's going to be two months. It's going to be two years. Who knows? You know, and obviously we're still kind of in a shutdown mode and we're playing around with it and, figuring out but we had to change our concept pretty quick um in my first my, in my mind i was like well we need to be curbside friendly we need to make sure that we can do food that's gonna 
translate well when people take it home, something that's going to hold in its go box, you know, but still kind of stay true to what we do in the restaurants, which is a little hard because, you know, we do nice fish. We do nice, you know, we do lamb chops. We do stuff like that. So it's a little different, you know, with our to-go thing. When we pivoted the first time, our first menu was super basic. You know, we leaned into fried chicken sandwiches and burgers and, you know, and that kind of thing and like hearty pastas and I did a lentil dish with a seared salmon on it kind of thing. So things that people could take home, replate kind of how we replayed them at the restaurant, um, which it seemed to work really well in the beginning. And then, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're going to open up to 33%. And then we did that and we had to change it again. So we kept the curbside going, changed our in-house dining a little bit to be a little bit more, you know, I guess a little bit different than our curbside, you know, cause you don't want to offer the same thing. I mean, what, why have the same concept, you know? Um, and then we got changed again to 25%, you know, capacity, which was even harder because well, we were at 50% after the 33 and then we went back to 25 and now this week coming, we're going to be at 50% again. So it's just like, it's all over the place. We're trying to figure out the whole, the whole game of it all, but we're doing it, have, so it's good. You have to ask people to leave while they're eating. Oh, governor said. <laughs> well, and, and you've got um, yeah. I mean, you don't it's not like you have a huge dining space. So when you you know, 50% capacity yeah. for you is how many how many tables is that? Our our 50% capacity is about 40 people at one one time. We seat about 80 in the restaurant. So about 40 people inside for dining. Um, we do have a small patio. But it was hard because at 33%, it was like 36 people or 34 people or something. And then, you know, and then at like 25%, it's like 20 people. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? It's like it's all over the place, you know. And, so, and if you've got parties of two, three, and four, that's really not many parties total exactly. at all. Exactly. Because, you know, we still have the same table sizes. We have a four top that has a two people sitting at it or a six top that has four people sitting at it but we have those seats available because we have this much room in the restaurant so it's just a, it's a shuffle you know it's like it's almost like it's I, I tell the staff it's kind of like being a gambler you know and riding the odds every night yeah. you know kind of figuring it out that way but well and I'm sure it's been especially tough um, for you as an employer but for you know particularly because uh, I know you personally I know you're a good guy and you want to take care of your people but you know wait staff like just not knowing yeah, from day to day if you're going to need them, you know, like yeah. that's got to be really tough, not just for, for them, but for you, um, you know, just wanting to, like I said, just to, to be there for them and, you know, say, Hey, yeah, I've got a job for you, but you don't know, like, like you said, you don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow, much less, you know, six weeks from now. Exactly. Yeah. It was really hard for some of the servers, you know, um, out of the whole thing though, I've only had to let one server go. So it hasn't been, too crazy we run a small staff the whole time um for a couple months we had some servers that weren't working that were getting unemployment but you know once we were able to open back in-house dining up you know everyone came back except for one person so it's it's been been good on that end um you know being able to to take care of the staff and make sure they got a home when they, they come back and when we get going and they they honestly haven't suffered a ton because you know some of the curbside's still going on some of the you know like the in-house dining's been pretty good so it's one of those things where we have a lot of regulars, you know, just being in the Highlands in those neighborhoods and having people that support the business like, you know, like you and like other other folks, you know, around the restaurant industry and community kind of supporting us too. So 
it's been good to, to have a lot of folks, you know, lean into that and, you know, Hey, we don't want you guys to go under. We, we love, you know, we love David who works with you and we want to make sure that he's going to be there when we come back kind of thing. So it's been nice. And the fat lambs location is premium uh, right there at Bardstown and Grinstead. But I've noticed uh, too, they're like Hopcat is closing that yeah. the melon mushroom's been vacant forever. The, um, the Yankee, noodle, uh, Yankee noodle and something else. I, I think that I saw Lily's just closed Lily's Bistro yeah. because Kathy, Kathy actually retired, which, right. you know, I think it's, it's, she's been cooking for like 45 years. And, you know, I tell people she's like our, one of our, our matriarchs in the culinary world in, in Louisville. And, you know, her retiring is, you know, I think she's retiring because she just wants to retire. I don't think COVID had a plan on that. I mean, it made it harder, obviously, but I'm thinking it made it easy for her to make a decision on retiring. It may have but. accelerated it some. Yeah, but I think yeah. it, was, it was coming probably regardless. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think, you know, talking about some of those other restaurants um, in prime locations, so what we consider prime locations, um, yeah. it just kind of speaks to and, – and they have good products too. I think it kind of just speaks to the difficulty – of running a restaurant you're running on such thin margins so regardless of an, a pandemic it does. You know, it's it, yeah like i mean it's it's crazy i mean it, if you they always say you know if you can make it your first year then you then you're usually all right um again pandemic aside but um but yeah i mean it's it's it is an unbelievably tough yeah. business and you have you can't do it if you don't have passion for it and i know that you as a restaurateur i mean do you other, even on your days off, do you really get a day off? I mean, you know. You know, I don't really. I mean, I'm in the restaurant a lot, and I, I'm always, always on social media, posting food or something, you know. And I try my best to, to get get all that in there. And uh, but my thing is, you know, you the margins are so thin in restaurants that if you don't have a grasp on everything going on in your restaurant, you can't keep up in this kind of environment. And luckily I, I work in my restaurant, you know, I'm, I'm the chef and owner, but I'm also the pantry guy most of the time. So I'm in there making salads and desserts and appetizers and, you know, making sure everybody's doing what they should be doing, you know, and watching the costs. I purchase the ingredients, you know, those kind of things make a humongous difference. And I think that's something that some of the bigger places like Mellow Mushroom and Hobcat, those guys really can't grasp that. They, they're, you know, a big corporate machine. And, um, you know, Hopcat, their, their parent company went bankrupt. So, you know, it, it wasn't uh, just due to COVID. It, they've been kind of on the fence with it for a little while. Um, I just think COVID's going to make everything a lot more difficult for all the people that were kind of struggling already. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I, so. I think I think that's, yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, if I mean, we, like you said, or like we've discussed with the restaurant margins um, running so thin as it is, and then, you know, I mean, a lot of places, you know, two weeks out of business is enough to just, you know, they can't survive that, um, yeah. you know, and that's a lot. And I don't want to see any restaurant go out of business, um, actually go out of business. But I especially hate to see, um, you know, the local ones. I hate to lose the local ones. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I I hope and I pray, you know, that that um, every day just we get through it. And, um, you know, I know that there will be some overall industry changes that'll come from this. Um, I mean, there's, you know, we're going to be changed as a, as a, just as a, I don't know. Society. As yeah. As a society. Everything. Yeah. Everything's going to change, you know? I mean, 
after I was reading, doing some research on like the, the, the Spanish flu thing though, you know, and even like from then things got changed. There were kids in school, like in, in school would share the same cup for water in their classrooms, you know, before the Spanish flu. And then people got sick from this flu and everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody's doing kind of what we're trying to do now. And they're like, well, we can't share cups. That's crazy. You know? And so all these things like come from, from that and it changes society as a whole. I think people are going to be a little bit skeptical about going to large events, you know, that kind of stuff for a while, um, concerts and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things we're just going to have to figure out how to, how to still do what we do and have fun and enjoy life while being safe and kind of being smart about it. So, right. Well, and, uh, to that point, um, do you want to talk a little bit about the coalition that you're a part of? Yeah. 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 The restaurant, restaurant coalition, it's a responsible restaurant and bar coalition. Um, you know, Ed, Ed Lee kind of reached out to me and uh, quite a bit of other folks in town and decided, Hey, you know, you guys are doing it right. We want to see if you want to be a part of this group of restaurants that are, you know, trying to collect some data and have a little bit more scientific approach to dining inside restaurants. Um, and I, you know, we, we looked at some programs on how to do it and kind of came up with some guidelines on how to collect some data and everyone's kind of doing the same thing. You know, you walk into a restaurant, you get your temperature taken, everyone's wearing a mask, the staff's wearing a mask, we hand wash every 15 minutes, you know, we sanitizers everywhere, you know, and then, you know, like we sanitize everything after each use kind of thing. So it, it's all these controls. And at the end of every week, we input some data into a Google spreadsheet that all of us share. So over the long term, over a month, two months, you know, we can see if actual restaurants are, are a cause for the spread of this, you know, or if it's just, you know, we speculate that, that it is. Um, I know a lot of people in tight spaces, it's going to happen soon. Winter's coming, you know, patios are not going to be able to be sat and restaurants, you know, they, they, that's how you're surviving right now, but wait till November when everybody's like, Oh, it's so cold outside, you know? So, these, these, these are like proactive ways to look at it, you know. How do, how do you keep up with the, the subject, so to speak, the, the patrons? Well, we, we you know, like for, that, for us, we use a, a reservation system, you know, and a lot, of, a lot of the information we get in the reservation system, these open table, a lot of that is easily tra- traceable, easily, you know, inputted, you know. And somebody comes in, you know, we take their temperature, we can log it into their reservation so that way i can look back at that reservation but you know it's one of those things where i think over time over a month or two we're going to see the data from it and we're going to see you know what is the safest way to dine in so that way when winter time comes around everyone will be a little bit safer if we follow these protocols so yeah i think it's i think it's a good thing for sure it's exciting yeah that's that's smart data is good Right. Yeah, data data is always good, you know. <laughs> well, and I know um I know how frustrating it's been for you um to to be doing it the right way, to know that you're doing it the right way and you know yeah. still have to deal with you know, I mean you are a restaurant and so you get lumped exactly. into this category. <laughs> yeah. And and so, you know, they order all restaurants to close or all restaurants to reduce capacity to this much or that much or whatever. And um you know, for someone like yourself that is doing things the quote unquote right way, 
um, it's hard. And so, you know, but it is hard to measure. And so I think if you can find a way to measure it, that's, that's mm -hmm. important. Yeah. And who knows if we're doing it the right way or not, you know, I think this will give us some feedback as well. Like if, you know, masks may not be as effective as people think they are, or, you know, maybe the staff needs to wear gloves and uh, who knows, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where we can kind of see what's right and what's not right and what's keeping people safe and what's not keeping people safe, you know, and hopefully everyone's going to be safe throughout the whole project, but these are the controls we have and we, it'll, it'll give us some feedback, you know? Right. So right now you're operating um, reservation only. Is that right? Actually, we're doing some walk-ins too. Um, as well, this week or last week, last two weeks, we were reservation only just because we were at 25% capacity. But now we're back to 50%. We're doing some walk-ins. Um, nothing too crazy, obviously. You know, it takes an hour and a half to dine with us at the Fat Lamb. So it's, right. it's a little different, you know, it's people don't just walk in and say, Hey, I want to, you know, I want a plate of chicken wings and sit down and drink a beer. You know, usually it's a premeditated thing. People are like, I want to go out for a nice dinner with my spouse or, you know, meet a couple friends for some dinner and kind of do it. So, yeah. Right. Well, um, I, yeah, I hope you just keep, keep on doing it. Um, yeah. We, uh, I do ahead. some, I do some market updates where I, um, buy a gift card from restaurants um, locally and then give them out as contests on my Facebook page. Let's hook nice. up for September. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love doing stuff like that. I mean, it's fun. It's getting, it gets real people in the restaurant, you know? Yep. So that's right. the key. A lot of times, you know, we do events in restaurants and we, we promote our products, you know, and go around and build, you know, raise money for, you know, charities, big charities and stuff. And you don't really get singled out in that way, but doing the gift card thing, I like doing stuff like that a lot. So yeah, get people in there. Cool. So. Well, we'll, we'll get together. Yeah. One, one last question for you, Dallas. Um, just as, I don't know, it's, it's, I know you can't predict the future. What are you hoping that we can get out of this? You know, like just, just in terms of, you know, not, not so much people in general. Um, Cause I, I think that's too broad, but restaurants specifically, you know, you're, you're a restaurateur, you got two restaurants. Um, what do you, what do you hope that we can take from this? If there's a positive, you know, how, do, how do we go forward? Like, you know, we, we can't prepare for this, but there's no way to have prepared. Obviously it's happened now. So maybe if it comes again, we'll, we'll be more ready. Hopefully we don't have to deal with this again in our lifetime, but anyway, yeah, just what, what do you expect moving forward? What do you hope to see? You know, I just, I want people to, you know, be, be a little bit more mindful of their, their neighbors, you know, their, their people around them, you know, and I think that's hopefully what comes out of this whole situation is that people, you know, you, you, you look at your neighbor and you say, well, let's, let's try to take care of them too. Let's be nice to those people. They're, they're friends, you know, they're family, they're our neighbors are, you know, they're part of society. So hopefully, you know, people just start taking better care of each other not just themselves and not just focused on their life and they kind of focus on, you know, the small guys and everybody else around them, you know? So. Good message. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on Dallas. Uh, Neil and yeah. I both do. And yep. we, yeah, we'll, we'll keep supporting you and um, other local establishments and uh, remember Dallas with the fat lamb portage house um, and damn good food. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, thank you guys. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. All right. That, that was awesome.
Um, I have eaten at the fat lamb and I will say it is delicious. That, that dude really knows how to cook. Uh, and we're going to mention also, I think we have this on the agenda, but it's burger week. And, um, you know, you may not think of the fat lamb first for burgers, but they have an unbelievable burger and it's fat lamb is kind of, it's upscale, but there's nothing fancy about his burger. It's a double cheeseburger with um, like mayo and cheese and tasty pickles, like quote unquote tasty pickles, but they are very tasty. It's, it's a legit burger. So um, yeah, it will definitely like satisfy your burger craving. And you ever, you ever think about that? Like, like satisfying a craving to a specific genre of food. Cause like for me, when it comes to burgers, um, there's basically two different kinds of burgers that like I will eat that are going to satisfy a burger. Crate. I'll eat all kinds of burgers, but like for me, I've got like a barbecue burger, which is like barbecue, bacon, onion rings, cheese, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's one kind of burger. You throw some extra meat on there, bacon I already mentioned, but put some shredded pork on there too. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's, that's one. And then just a classic burger, like ketchup, mustard, pickle is kind of my thing for a dope, for a cheeseburger. But, um, but like white castle, I like a white castle, but that doesn't satisfy white castle. No, it satisfies a white castle. It sas- yeah. It says what you crave, but only if you're craving white castle, not burger specifically, or like chili. Like I like skyline skyline is very controversial, but, um, but I like skyline, but it's not going to satisfy like a chili craving, you know, right. like that's, you know, I, I don't know. Like, and there's got to have kind of the, 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 I don't know what, what the exact word is, but the pinnacle of the thing the the thing that is describes most closely the essence of the what the thing is. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, like, cause chili is, it is a controversial in and of itself, you know, can it have beans? Can it not have beans? Can it, um, you know, I'm obviously a, I, there's. My opinion is it should have beans and it should not have noodles. Right. So Skyline automatically kind of um, violates that with, with their whole concept being with noodles. But again, it's, it's like a, it, it has Greek heritage, Greek roots, and that's where it came from. And I don't know, I, I like it, but again, for just chili, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't need, I definitely don't need noodles and like a, big hearty bowl of chili but i don't object to them either so i don't know i'm i'm kind of like i don't know i have i have my food rules uh, are my own rules <laughs> <laughs> but well you know like like uh barbecue is another one of those controversial foods because you know and i feel i feel fortunate in kentucky like we have mutton you know like western kentucky barbecue mm-hmm. the mutton but for the most part we have non-regional barbecue we have, and, and so it allows me, you know, I can appreciate North Carolina style. I can appreciate Texas pit style. I can appreciate Kansas city. Uh, and, and I don't have to choose. I don't have to say, Oh no, this is the only way you can do it. And, and so, yeah, like for me, like if it's good, it's good. And I think if you go into it with like a preconceived notion about what it should be, then you're not going to be open-minded enough to, to, you know, potentially, you know, you may miss out, you know what I'm saying? That's right. That's true. I like barbecue a lot and I like doing a lot of my own. Yes. Neil is a smoker of smoked meats. That is. Yes. He loves um, to smoke meat. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but he really does. He's yeah, good at it. I, I actually do. Um, I had Jeremy over for some wings one time, but my smoker was malfunctioning. I did them on the grill and I feel like I really failed him. I was like, he didn't, he doesn't know. And I did them on the smoker properly the next time. And he knows. Yeah. We had a redemption. Um, it was wing redemption because we ate them either way. We, yeah, we, we, you know, when it comes to wings, I'm, you know, for the most part, they're edible, you know, just eat them. Yes. But uh, they were definitely much better the second time. And, we consumed mass quantities. Yes, it was fun. Yeah, there was, I don't know, what do we eat? Three pounds of wings? Something least? like that, yeah. I don't know. But uh, but it was fun. It's, well, wings are one of those things where it's deceptive, you know, because you eat one and two, three, and, you know, and then you eat 10, 12, and you're like, oh, now I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm full. Anyway, well, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I do, I do just, I love food. I'm, um, and I'm, and I'm still trying to kind of find my way with this pandemic and, you know, like, like feeling, feeling comfortable and being safe and also trying to support, you know, our, our favorite local establishments and, and promote them too, you know, like having right. Dallas on, you know, I want people to, I do want people to support Dallas. I don't want Dallas to go anywhere. I want to, yeah. you know, even though I may not feel super comfortable going and having in-person dining, if you feel comfortable, go do it and, you know, get carry out, do, you know, keep, do whatever you can to help keep these places, um, you know, that we care about around so that they will be here for years to come. Yeah. There's places downtown that are actually not doing that well, um, which, you know, downtown it has kind of its own separate thing going on right now too. Uh, but there is one, there's a new restaurant opening downtown, uh, called sauce kind of a soul food place mm -hmm. um, but there are like taco luchador one of their locations was downtown and they're they're closing up shop downtown they're closing it mm -hmm. i did not know that yeah that's that's you know and i i think um had there not been a pandemic they probably would still be around because that I, i've been to that location and they were busy usually yeah uh, and you know we'll see what happens We'll see what happens in the long run, so to speak. But well, and we talked very briefly about um, Burger Week. You know, mentioned mentioned uh, you know, get a damn good burger from from Dallas at Fat Lamb. Um, what else is going on with Burger Week? There's 30 restaurants participating. You can get a six dollar burger, uh, like a for real awesome burger, um, and 21 of the places are doing them carry out. And they all have nice. like their specific $6 burger. You know, this one, it's the classic one. This one, it's the barbecue one. Google it. It'll, it'll come up. Right. So it's a burger that, you know, yes, you can get a fast food burger for $6 or, or fewer, many, you know, many places you can get a fast food burger for under $6, but um, most good restaurants, you're going to spend at least 10 bucks on a burger. Yeah. And so, yeah, six bucks is a, is a pretty good deal. I think, you know, that was kind of like, I remember when I was young, like every McDonald's, um, every McDonald's extra value meal was, was under $5. Yes. And now I don't think any of them are under $5, but, but you know, it used to be like 10 bucks was, you know, 10 bucks will get you lunch. Now, like it's, it's hard to get lunch for 10 bucks. It's hard to get a decent lunch for 10 bucks. So I don't know. You can That's do it a, at Taco Bell. You can do it at Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but you can also do it at one of these local establishments with one of That's their right. $6 burgers. And you'll be much happier. 
and they're not paying us to promote them. But we, uh, you know, again, we're advocates for the city and advocates for our city's, um, you know, just businesses in general. So, yep. yeah. Anyway, well. Well, uh, well speaking of our city, um, I think this week and the next couple of weeks, there's a lot to look out for. Um, the Derby, while, yes, it's August, the Derby is coming up. And they're starting to look around and be like, okay, do we have people? Do we not? And who knows? I just don't see how you can, you can have the Derby and be, I mean, the whole, the whole thing is so the antithesis of social distancing, Um, you know, so even, even in a reduced capacity, I just don't, you know, like you, you couldn't have the infield open. You know, like, like how could you have the infield open <laughs> and expect social distancing? Because, you know, like, what's the, what do you think the percentage of sober people in the infield is? <laughs> Zero. Right. Like, and, um, point one, so, maybe. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, and we talked about that with Dallas a little bit, with, you know, like, uh, restaurants and bars, reduced capacity. But, you know, for me, bars and, and, you know, I certainly do not ha- judge and if you, know, but, but, it seems like that would be just a very difficult place to try to social distance. Um, you know, not just because you're going to get crowded, but you just, you, your inhibitions are lowered. I mean, you're there to drink and have a good time. And, uh, so if you're drinking, you're not necessarily thinking about, Oh, this person is too close to me (laughs) or I don't have my mask on, you know? Um, but, uh, our visitors back (laughs) sneaking it Oh, There she is. But, um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. Um, we'll see. But, I mean, I'd, I'd love for the Derby to happen in some capacity, but I just don't see how you could safely have, um, you know, just it's a big space. You know, Churchill Downs is a really big space, but yeah, like unless, unless you know, maybe they can have just the rich people with their, with their um, private, you know, their private suites. You know, yeah. That but for us, um, you know, for us uh peasants yeah peasants (laughs) i don't think it's gonna happen uh they they, i i imagine they'll still run the race i just don't think that they're gonna run the race with uh, um fans and then um well i guess you saw um where they may cancel the college football season yeah i saw some conflicting reports today today uh is august 10th and i saw where the Big Ten canceled. Then I saw a report that said they were refuting that they said that, but then I saw that they were considering it. And then I think I saw the Pac-12 was going to possibly cancel as well. Yeah, so I think in the last 24 hours, there's been um, kind of, I don't know, a developing story, so to speak. So they are going to potentially cancel the season. You know, that's the Big Ten was the first, like, power five conference to kind of come out and say, you know, we're, we're leaning towards canceling season. Um, you know, I know that nobody wants to be the first, probably nobody wants to be the last, but then there was a report of, you know, several high profile college football players, um, say, you know, they're doing this hashtag. We want to play. And they they have, they basically have all these demands as to, you know, how they want, the season to happen and if it's going to happen you know the protocols that need to be in place and they want universal protocols um they want them across at least their entire conference not to be school by school they want them to be regulated and mandated and so that 
you know, even if the season is canceled right now, you know, if these things are in place, then maybe they could potentially have it safely in the spring. But um, yeah, it's another one of those things where, yeah, I mean, you're on the field with, uh, there's 11 guys on your team and then there's 11 other guys and then, you know, the, the team has 85 people and then you've got all the staff and all that. It's, it's just really, really hard to, I think, do that safely um, without being in a, like a quote unquote bubble, like the NBA. Right. But um, you know, anytime there's travel involved and you're going and, and you're also, you know, not to say that 18 to 22 year old kids can't be trusted, but that's, that's what they are. They're 18 to 22 and you're putting a lot on them. And you're also, you know, you're asking the same of, of, you know, we've seen that there's plenty of adults that aren't very responsible right now either. Like, right. um, I guess technically 18 to 22 year olds are adults, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, so like, so anyway, I mean, there has to be constant testing. Cause you know, what happens if you're tested on Friday and then you go and do a whole bunch of stuff, you get the results from, you know, from your test, like the following Wednesday. So you've tested negative, but who knows what happened between Friday and Wednesday. Right. And, and that's, you know, so, so you have to have just a lot of testing and it has to be ongoing. Well, I, I saw somebody say that although a fall afternoon kickoff is like an awesome thing, what about going forward? They were like, NFL in the fall, college in the spring, and just keep it that way. And then you've got football wall to wall. Yeah, and then you don't have to have that summer lull, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, unless you're a huge baseball fan, like su- summer sports are just kind of dull. Lame. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> there's, just, there's just not enough, you know? Like it, it's – and I'm – and baseball for me, like and I have, appreci- I have an appreciation for baseball. Like I appreciate the skill. Um, it's a very technical sport. Um, you know, there's a lot of this, again, this isn't, this is an audio medium, so you can't see me making all the <laughs> signals, but, um, but, you know, so there's a lot going on in a baseball game and I appreciate the skill level, but it's just it, like, I never loved it playing. I never loved playing it as a kid. It's just not fast paced enough. I got ADD and I'm all over the place and I need things that are going to keep me engaged. Uh, so basketball, football, um, soccer, those games are, you know, things that you're constantly moving. And I guess yeah. in football, there's a lot of break in the action, but, but it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I guess I appreciate the, uh, just the physicality of it, yeah. you know, and that, that's where a lot of people, that's obviously football has become pretty controversial in recent years, but um, yeah, it's, yes, safe, safety is, safety is taking on a whole new meaning these days, you know, Obviously, the sport right. itself is is a dangerous sport, but then we combine that with global pandemic. I, I think, you know, it, it comes down to what is ultimately most important. You know, is it most important that we are safe or is it most important that we're entertained? I don't know. <laughs> mm. And, you know, and I, and I do think from a morale standpoint, it would be really nice to have football, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of yeah. Americans especially. How about this Twitter poll? RE football, entertainment or safety? There you go. I think uh, I think that's a winner. At Talk About Town KY. Yeah. Well, there's you know there's so much going on um, in the world, in our city, 
in our country. Um, and, you know, but I think that we have to kind of take a step back and just look and see what, what, do, what do we have to be thankful for? And, and um, I don't know, just take it day by day, you know, cause I personally have a lot to be thankful for. I feel very fortunate in my life. I know so many people don't have, um, you know, they don't have what we have. And, and so I feel for them and I just, you know, I want peace and safety and, uh, and I just, you know, like with everything going on, you know, we, I don't want to get into a whole lot of minutia, <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, we're, we're fortunate, well, um, to, to have the, I don't know, the platform that we have to have the families that we have to have, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that, that others just don't have the support systems and, um, yeah. And I just, you know, I do wish for, um, some better times and I know that they're on the horizon. We just got to be patient. We gotta, we, we can't kind of lose focus, not just lose focus. We can't lose sight of what's, what's really important long-term. And yeah. I think it's easy to do in the moment, but anyway, so that's, and we that's, need to, and we should take care of each other. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I think that was All a good right. one. That was good. I think it's good. You guys think it's good? Good, good. Uh, this is, <laughs> be edited out. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be there. I like it. It's all, all right. going to be we... in. It's all going to be every, every bit of it. It's not, none of... Well, so, uh, good. Yeah. Thanks, Dallas. Thanks, Dallas. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. Go Cards. Thanks for listening to Talk About Town. Don't forget to check our social media at TalkAboutTownKY. Drop us a line at Neil at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Jeremy at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Neil Cox and Jeremy Judah are your friendly realtors with Judah Real Estate Group. 